Hello and welcome once again to the How Long to Beat podcast. I'm Rick, this time with added flu. And with me, as always, are Alex and Paula. And this week, as well as talking about the games we've beaten, played and retired, not necessarily in that order, um, we're going to be continuing the discussion we had from last time. It was supposed to be about when a game is new or not. And it ended up just sort of being, is Persona 5 Royal a new game or not? So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're going to roll that out and expand on it and maybe talk about two or three other games. We'll see how we get along. There's loads in the show notes. Paola has absolutely gone to town. So um, we'll see where we end up. And speaking of Paola, do you want to roll us straight in and tell us about the game you've beaten this week? Uh, so I've beaten the room three. Don't believe the document. It is the room three. I'm <laughs> 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 uh, not even five minutes into the recording. Beautiful. Not even one minute into the recording. Bless you. <laughs> okay, so the room three is like a continuation to the story being told in the room one and two. And actually, the room three is like the the big ending to the to the room trilogy, and it actually has more than one enemy. Like, without going to too much of a spoiler, like the ending you will probably like more than probably get in like in your first round with the game technically kind of like a bad ending and the game tells you to get a better one and actually like you have a letter because you you find letters uh, as you play these games that tell you about this uh, little story and this um kind of an experiment so for the room three, you pretty much start the train, you get kidnapped and thrown into a cell, and then you are pretty much a laboratory rat that is supposed to escape some, uh, from this place. And if you do get like the quote-unquote bad ending, you're actually taunted uh, to keep on going because it's like I should have had less fate on on a human like you that couldn't even distinguish a house from a cell. And the puzzles in this game, I think are a step up from the puzzles in the room two, because I felt like the room two leaned a little bit too much, like either in a certain kind of puzzle or like trying to spook you with some of the puzzles. Mm. Uh, and the room three like goes back uh, into like how the room one felt like that is like the puzzles felt like overall like really good to solve like you 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 solve the thing and you then you feel like smart for it even though uh, you don't necessarily have like an extra reward mm. sometimes and the overall like ambient of the game like it is amazing just just amazing it, it uh, also feels like a step up, like in uh, graphics and design overall. So, pretty good game. Nice. So, mm. oh, sorry. Can I just, can I ask, like, is the story kind of prominent in this, or is it sort of like the puzzles are the first and foremost, and the story is just kind of like there to connect them? Like, I'm, I'm wondering how. In theory, you could like. Um, ignore the story, but the, the story kind of gives it flavor because you start like uh, some of the extra puzzles actually give you like these little notes 
uh, about the place and about the person who was before you. Uh. So, uh, but the the story, in my opinion, is not like the central thing, but it adds flavor to the overall experience. Okay. okay. And yeah, and I find that uh, it makes it like a little bit more entertaining in the sense that you uh solve the puzzles not only for solving them but to find these little pieces of of the story and um trying to see what the hell is going on here <laughs> it's like just enough motivation hey to like get you through that sort of thing yeah and is it like an overarching narrative does it extend between the rooms it kind of is like an overarching narrative, but in my opinion, because I don't remember much of the room two, especially, mm. I feel that you can just pick up the room three and still have a good time with the story. Got you. Or the room four, which comes out in two weeks as of recording. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> there's, Excuse there's me, four. what? There's, did you not know? There's literally. I, people... I didn't know. I just played the room three and I was. Uh, I, seemed like conclusive not enough to me so i was like yeah well i guess it's the end yeah i typed the room in because i remember you saying the graphics were a little bit different between two and three and the first thing that popped up was the room four Hmm. um and it's got a release date of february 11th so there you go excuse me what (laughs) fantasy critic hey there you go yeah (laughs) if they review well (laughs) Do you know what? Should Number three is overwhelmingly positive, so I actually might be outbidding all of you. <laughs> oh, well, we'll see. <laughs> I was just saying fantasy critic league pick right there. Uh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, that sounds So, nice. yeah, that's very much what I played. What did you guys play this mm. week? Do you want to go ahead, Rick? jump in. Yeah, because yeah, I've, I've got one that I know disappointed you a little bit, Paola. So, I beat a game oh. called Raji, an ancient epic, which was playing last week. I'm thoroughly disappointed with this game, I have to be honest. Mm. So there, it does have positives. And, and the main one is just that there's nothing quite like it in the landscape as it stands, because games don't normally get set in that kind of environment. It's very rare that you see, outside of bit part features in, in series like Shimigami Tensei, it's rare that you see those sort of Indian deities um, involved in, in storytelling. Um, it also, I think, it is a really good sort of length price proposition. If it had been done well, paying sort of 10, 15 pounds for a solid five hour experience, I think is a, a pretty good bet. And it also has a really clever auto save implementation. So it's sort of a save anywhere thing. And instead of having multiple save files sort of to manage, um, whenever you start the game, uh, Raji's sort of like sleeping on the floor wherever you, wherever you stop playing. And as you start, she sort of wakes up and just carries on. And it, it sort of plays into the idea of this like long quest that she's going on. Also, and this, this isn't really a positive or a negative. This maybe just speaks a little bit to me. Um, do you guys remember when Heavy Rain first came out? And Jason was like, oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Jason? Okay, so. Jason! <laughs> <laughs> wow. The, this game has very much superseded that in my mind. So Raji's on a quest to follow Brother Goli. And uh, at various points, she'll like see the car just going off in the distance, or she'll like see him off in the distance. Go! And in my head, like that's just been a thing ever since I played it, and it fills me with a stupid sense of happiness. I'll just go to myself. Go! <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the boy. game is really not good. The, the, yeah. 
in a number of ways. And a lot of it, I feel, just comes down to budget, which is unfortunate. I feel like gotcha. they, they maybe bit off a little bit more than they could chew. Um, that's most evident with the combat, which sort of fluctuates between being way too easy and obnoxiously broken difficult. Mm. Um, some of that's because of the animations. I think I mentioned this briefly when we spoke about it last week. Um, there's not any way of sort of cancelling is the word I'm looking for. There's not really a way of cancelling out of an action. And because there's almost no iframes, even a dodge you can get murked off in between. And so there's a lot of instances where you can get unfairly stunlocked or feel unfairly stunlocked. Or because there are certain contextual commands, you can end up doing one thing that was entirely not what you meant to do. Um, It also gets quite stale so that the, the two main components of the game outside of some like mini puzzly things are the combat and the platforming. The platforming is actually really good. There's just not a lot of it. And I, I think that's just a case of similar to sort of 2D, 3D Sonic, like the two, the, the platforming sections probably take much longer to do and have much more work to do them. And so there's clearly a lot of combat's been thrown into pad it. And it, it's quite obvious as a player and it gets stale before the game ends and the game the game's not even that long uh to begin with mm. it's also buggy i i had to quit out and restart a couple of times including on the final boss who i'd almost beaten and then just got into like a glitchy thing where he's bouncing around the screen couldn't attack me i couldn't attack him um didn't really matter because the the auto save so great so you just sort of pop straight back in um what did matter is that it ends on a cliffhanger and a really shit cliffhanger as well. Oh. So, yeah, if, on a deep discount, because the, the storytelling really is very well done, I think it's probably worth a go. I, I couldn't recommend it even even at half price. Mm. I, I don't think it quite stands up. It, it was a, a seven that sort of fell down to a five for me. Oof. Do you think? So, like, do you feel like maybe this like studio with like a little more of a budget under them could do a better job, or is it sort of just like some fundamental flaws in there? It's hard to say. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of an unfair question, but yeah, whatever you think. Not, not even necessarily. I mean, could could the combat system be made to work? Yeah, absolutely. When it clicks, it clicks. Mm-hmm. It, it it was a problem of balancing, and they, there's definitely an argument for that being a matter of time and money. It could also just be that there's some kind of deficiency with the people who, who coded the combat. I, yeah. I don't know. I would welcome a Raji to Electric Boogaloo. I would, <laughs> I would certainly not be opposed to checking it out. But I, I think as it stands, unless they went back, and I don't think they're going to at this point, no. and, and made a big patch that fixed everything, I, I don't think I can recommend that as is, unfortunately. Honestly, I remember looking at the gameplay for it and i was like wow this all looks interesting but i had like serious misgivings like i could just you know like there was just some little elements that i was like that worries me (laughs) in terms of like some of the animations and stuff um it does sound like a game that if they hopefully do get to make a sequel might be fun to watch a let's play of this and then be like let's hop on into the sequel you know (laughs) do you know what it's not great for the devs but it's probably a perfect let's play game because yeah. you get all of the story, and you know, that's kind of bad though, isn't it? You get all the story, and you have to actually play the game. But that, that's it. I can't recommend the game. That's the problem. Some games are like that though, you know? There's somewhere you're like, it's actually interesting, but I don't want to go back and play it. 
Yeah. But that's the only one I've beaten this week. So why don't you roll on, Alex, and tell us about all the things that you've beaten. Actually, like, well, <clears throat> all the things which are about an hour to two hours each. <laughs> ah, okay. I didn't think I was going to have anything, so I was like, better play some DLC. Uh, so I... Uh, <laughs> Because Resident Evil Village, or 8, but really it's just Village, um, had their big... evil like, step on me, vampire mummy. Yeah, oh, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so that game... Uh, it's so funny, too. So, like, I don't know. RE8 had this big showcase this week, and I watched it, and I loved it. Um, and But they're, it's, they're, like, talking about how they're, like, Ethan Winters is, like, such a big deal in it. And I'm like, dude... I don't even remember Ethan from when I played RE7. Like, he was a non-entity, you know? Because Especially because I played RE7 in VR. And, like, honestly, you are the main character in it. You know what I mean? Like, you never felt like Ethan. You felt like you were in the game. Um, which I don't know if this one has any VR. They've never talked about anything related to VR for this one. Um, which I guess wouldn't surprise me because, like, technically PlayStation VR isn't really next gen at all it's you know what i mean it's like you can you can play it on your ps5 with an adapter but like i don't know what it would be like to play a ps5 game in a ps4 psvr mode you know what i mean like you probably have to play the ps4 version on the ps5 anyway it's complicated so and it's multi-generation though isn't it in theory it is they could just make VR. But what would happen if you put it in your PS5 and you play it? You know what I mean? It's like, that's a whole lot of back compares, compatible weirdness. Yeah, <laughs> uh, all generations the Anyway, all this to say that I saw that and the Xbox store had like this add-on sale this week and they had um, End of Zoe on sale. They had the other DLC on sale, but like I'd kind of played some of it on my uh, PS5. Uh, four back in the day and like i liked some of that at dlc but like the band footage dlc is kind of whatever so i played the free one which is not a hero um it's about an hour and a half probably uh this is probably the best of the two that i played um you play as chris redfield and on it's the end of the game like genuinely if you play re7 and just stop you're missing the end of the game and that's this piece because like really which i guess isn't like totally fair but it it truly is because like you pick up right where the game re7 ends so i won't talk like about spoilers or anything in that but you pick up where it ends and you're playing as chris redfield which i guess is sort of a spoiler actually um but uh it's been out forever so whatever um and it's it's heavy on like gun gameplay so re7 wasn't like super heavy on gunplay i mean obviously you were using guns and stuff but um it was sort of more atmospheric and like creeping around and solving puzzles and this one is far more like get in there you got your pistol you got your shotgun um and you're gunning through some motherfuckers um and you are solving puzzles in this sort of like room underground room based thing um it's good it does get a little bit wavy by the end like you know like you're fighting waves of enemies uh near the very end there it like turns a little bit into like i'm gonna send a bunch of enemies against you which they give a narrative reason for that does like make sense but you still sort of feel like you're like you padding this out a little bit so that this dlc feels worth it but i was like it was free so why even pad it out anyway (laughs) um which i mean it was cool of them it's cool that they released this for free it's like arguably the best one and it was free which is kind of cool um so yeah i did that uh it was a good time um it's the first time i'd played re7 not in vr and it's a very different experience like i have to say it's good but when you play it in vr it's so immersive um 
that you really just spend a lot more time in all of the environments because you're slowly looking around them, right? And you're looking at every nook and cranny. But I found that when mm. I was playing it without VR, I was a way more like just objectivist, you know? Like I'm like, I'm just like, I gotta go get this thing, grab that thing, get that thing, get that thing, that, da, 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 you know? And you're just like going through the motions a little bit. So mm. it's curious to me. Like I do think that potentially RE7 is like just a significantly better game in VR than it is not in VR. So I don't know though. I, I might have to play it again to see. Um, so yeah, good DLC. I then played end of Zoe, which is also the end of the game. <laughs> it's like, it's like simultaneous, right? Like it, it picks up a little bit before the end in like one major event. And it deals with Zoe Baker. Who's like one of the family members. You're, you're essentially in these two DLC, you're seeing the, um, the culminations of certain family members of the, the house that you're invading. Um, this one is weird. <laughs> so you play as Joe Baker, who is like, I, I can't remember if this guy was ever mentioned in the game at all. I don't think he was. He's just this old dude who I think is like the brother of one of the, like, like the dad in the game. And <laughs> it's fucking punching. Like the mechanics are punching. So like you, yeah, yeah, yeah. No guns in this one. You do craft like, cause he's a redneck. Yeah, or not, not even redneck. He's like a, he's a hick, basically. He's like living out, he's living out with the gators. Um, and he just punches. I thought punching was a metaphor. I thought you're like, punching is in like, good. No, like, he literally punches. <laughs> you literally walk up to like the molded, which are like the zombies of this game. And you punch him in the face. And it's just like, but like, it's a first person game that is slow right? Like that's the conceit of RE7 is that you're kind of slow and it's like a little plotting and that's good. But then you're, you're sort of plotting, but you also have to go and melee people in the face. It doesn't work really. <laughs> like it, it kind of works, but like not entirely. Um, you can get overwhelmed really easily. So where I would say the, the Chris Redfield DLC is like you having to think about uh, and like solve the puzzles. This one is more about you having to think about strategically how you're going to clear the enemies. Um, so it's not bad. It's different. It's not as good as the other one. Um, and it can be a little frustrating sometimes because occasionally you're just like, all right, I just got ambushed by that thing and there's no way to stop me from being ambushed by it. I just had to figure out it. It was there, you know, like it's like a little bit like trial and error. Yeah, which is fine, but not really why I play Resident Evil, you know? Like, Resident Evil is more about, like, trying to survive and, like, get out of these hairy situations. Not really, like, you know, there's there, there's usually always a way to retreat in a Resident Evil game, right? And, like, think about what you're going to do. Be like, well, I fucked that up. Let's go back. And occasionally you die, and that's fine because you bite off more than you can chew. In this situation, I had a couple moments happen where it wasn't even my fault. I just didn't know the thing was there, and it just got me. And, like, I, before I could react, I was like, and I'm fucked. Okay, guess I got to reload this segment. You know what I mean? And so you're just like, ah, mm -hmm. come on. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's $20 usually, which is not worth $20. It is like an hour and a half. And if you paid 20 for this, I'm so sorry. Um, I got it for eight bucks, which I do think $8 is a fine price for it. Um, because it does have replayable replayability value. If you want to, after it can get really arcadey. Cause like they let you unlock all these like kind of crazy things. Um, so that could be enjoyable, but do not buy this full price. <laughs> <laughs> 
if I had to rate them, I'd give it like a six, seven for this one and like seven, eight for the, 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 uh, not a hero one, um, with Chris Redfield, maybe an eight for the Chris Redfield one. It was good. So yeah, that's resident evil DLC. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't think either of you have played this game. Have you? <laughs> no. The only resident evils I've played are the DS port of the original. Which wasn't Wait, great. What? There was a DS... I don't even want to know. That sounds bad. Yeah, it, was sub- a, it was subtitled uh, Deadly Silence to get that DS in there. <sighs> it, I mean, it's a PS1 game, so it runs. Um, and there's like these crappy touchscreen knife mini games when the dogs attack you. That's what you should um, just put that on the back of the box. It runs. <laughs> it runs. <laughs> um, I also played uh, Revelations on PC. Hmm. And that was fine, but it, it, it's not really my jam. Like I, I kind of get a bit bored by survival horror. Revelations isn't. I never liked Revelations. That's not. That's not Resident Evil. I don't know what the hell Revelations is. It's not Resident Evil. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was fine. It was okay. I I enjoyed it for the time I spent with it. I think I probably rushed through to the end. But see, if you actually played through Revelations, I think you would actually enjoy the Resident Evil main games because Revelations, I couldn't get through Revelations. <laughs> like, I love the main Resident Evil games. Uh, I would definitely try two at least. I think you'd find that interesting because it's very different. Oh, it's in the remake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I liked the demo and then promptly mm. forgot about it. Yeah. But the demo was fun enough. Yeah, oh, the rest of it's even better. Anyway, so so yeah, I played that. Uh, and I also played Donut County, which just came on Game Pass. Uh like a few days ago and oh my god this game is like everything my friend pedro wanted to be um not gameplay wise but like um game wise like yeah like sort of like tone wise it's what my friend pedro wanted to be but it does it well um it's very funny um and very silly you are a raccoon who has an app he works at a donut shop and he has an app that like creates holes and like sucks up things and so like you the whole gameplay is like basically trying to like suck up all of the stuff in a location and it has that sort of like um i don't even know what the style you'd call it but like the the funky physics style and like it's colorful uh graphics that are like very polygonal sort of short hikeish um without the distortion without effects. the filter, yeah, yeah that, it looks a little bit like a very odd inversion of the Katamari Damacy. Yes, hundred percent. And it's in that. Except, I would say this is better than Katamari. I, I'm not a huge Katamari fan. I think that. Game no, me neither. I tried it, didn't like it. Yeah, mechanics are sort of shite. This is like a tight two-hour game um, that has funny ideas that also make sense, and the humor is just sort of like I laughed out loud a couple times playing this. I was like, that's pretty good. Um, and it's yeah, it's on Game Pass. If you got Game Pass, I would play it. Um, it's fun and simple. Has it? Uh, have anyone? Has anyone tried this one out? I don't think Rick. No, I haven't uh, tried it, but I saw it on Game Pass, and I was like, "Oh, maybe I'll give it a try." I recommend it. Like I said, two hours. You could be the beat this in an afternoon. I did. I just beat it in an afternoon while I was looking after my pup. She was entertaining don't herself. Mind <laughs> don't mind. <laughs> don't mind like, as me I as I install it. Yeah, it's super like small too. Anyway, so that's what I played this week. Um, yeah, and I. Do you want to roll on into your retired? Yeah, so why not? I've cut you off midway through. No, that's fine. Let's talk about what I retired this week because this was a disappointing retired. Um, so. Uh oh. Yeah, I just 
I got, I'm going to, I'm going to go off for a second here <laughs> and then we'll come back. So I, uh, I, I downloaded the game Indivisible, which has had some issues by the way, with their like, um, publishers and stuff. There's been some stuff with this. Yes, look I've up. seen those. Yeah. There's some allegations of a not very nice nature against the, the company head on there. Yeah. So anyway, you can look into that. So first off, I feel for the developers. But secondly, this is by the Skullgirls developer. So they make the Skullgirls games, you know, beautiful art, uh, gorgeous looks and stuff. I got mm, this game. So <laughs> here, here's the deal. Um, it, it's, it's pretty. It has fun characters. The voice acting is fine i guess it's it's good enough it has some interesting different accents which i thought was really cool i was like that's neat it sounds like there's a diverse array of people um who were brought in to voice act in this which i was like that's really cool i like that (sighs) it has a lot of interesting ideas and they just none of it fucking works in the end so like okay it's 2d it's a platformer but it's also an rpg which sounds interesting enough. You're like, that's kind of cool. You know, like fucking um, Super Paper Mario's done that, right? Like, or like like Paper Mario on the Wii did it and it was pretty cool. It worked. Um, some, I would argue it didn't, but I think it did. Um, but the issue in this one is that it's trying to be like a JRPG, right? Where you go on an adventure and you're going to go and you're going to meet a lot of people and you're going to go to all these wonderful new lands. But part of the joy of JRPGs and part of the joy of these sort of like semi-open world RPGs is that you go to interesting locations where you can meet people and you can engage in side quests or different parts of quests. And you know what I mean? Like it has like a living world. But in this game, it's two-dimensional. So like there's no real exploration when you enter any of the towns. You enter a town and it's just like a row of fucking NPCs who, by the way, do nothing. They do absolutely nothing. They don't give you shops. There's no quests. They just talk to you. What? Like, I was, like, in this town, and I went, why should I talk to anyone? Like, literally, they're, like, sort of interesting, but what is the point? Like, you enter into a city, and there's nothing to do except go to the next, like, fucking checkpoint and then come back. So you're like, okay, why are there cities in this game in the first place if I can't interact with anyone in them and actually do anything of any sort of import? Um, And then the platforming, by the way, is so specific. Like... I I enjoyed it for the most part. It has some interesting ideas. So you, again, like I said, two-dimensional uh, frame. So you're going to be going, like you're sliding under shit and you like you can jump up and you can wall jump. And like, what's nice about this is it fixes something that I'll complain about in a few minutes uh, on a different game. Oh, no. uh, but it's okay. It's just because of the time. But and the wall jumping in this, it does do something good where you don't have to press a specific direction to wall jump. You just hit the button, it hits, it jumps, 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 jumps. So that's really smooth. But then it has this thing where you have this fucking axe that you can like hit into the wall um, to like sort of like, you know, like in Tomb Raider or something where you hit like a spike into a wall and it lets you climb. But it has like a delay. So when you jump and you try to fucking use your stupid axe, it like takes at least a few frames to actually start. So you're like, when do I have to press this fucking thing? And it's not consistent. This is what drove me nuts is that sometimes if you're in like a different animation of the jump, it like starts at a different... I was going nuts. I was like, what am I doing wrong? Why does this thing seem to go at just fucking random times? And so I'm like, 
okay. And then I, I learned. So I, I was going to, like, I was talking with you all about this game because I was like, I wonder if this gets any better. And from what I've read is that it just gets fucking harder um, because it's doing what you talked about where it's padding out its weak-ass combat segments with insane platforming um, so that you have to, like, spend all this time trying to get to the next thing. <sighs> Okay, now let me talk about combat. <laughs> so, yeah, that's only one part. Combat in this game is an interesting idea. You play as this lady who can like suck people into her head. I don't know, it's fucking whatever. Um, and so you have characters and like you, you are supposed to be able to collect a roster of like just so many characters. And basically every character has three attacks, essentially. A, a little more than that, but for the most part, three. Um, you have your basic attack, which is like a button press. You can have an attack where you press up in a button or down in the button. Um, yeah, so you also have special moves where you can like press the RB and like the same button. But essentially, you set a character to each of the buttons, right? Like the face buttons, like X, Y, A, B, or, you know, square, triangle, whatever on PlayStation, um, which is interesting. So when you're playing... It's, it's kind of like an action RPG. Um, the You'll have a couple different ones. Like maybe you have three A presses in a row and you can use that for your character and they'll have to like load back up. Um, and then you also have like a block button and that you can use when, like, when you enter into a block animation. So the combat is interesting. And at first you're like, this is kind of fun. But that's it. Like that's that's all it will ever be is that, right? Is just pressing these couple face buttons. And theoretically you get all these new characters that you can try out different stuff for but the 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 enemies don't really change to the point where you need to really switch up your characters ever and it becomes a a point where i'm like why would i ever switch characters they're not leveling up really my main character levels up but all the rest of them sort of just level with her so why would i ever try different characters when i find the ones that work for me what's the point of switching right so um Basically, combat just devolves into this long, repetitive slog of just hitting these couple buttons, using your couple things, like juggling someone into the air and knocking them down. And I just realized, like, I was playing and I was like, this is all this game is going to be for the rest of this goddamn game. And it's like, it's like over a 20 hour game. I'm like, oh my God. If I have to play at least 18 hours, I think 18 or something like that. And I'm like, if I'm going to spend 20 hours doing frustrating platforming and fucking monotonous combat, I, I'll go insane. Um, so I just was like, no, wipe my freaking hands clean of it. And this isn't even to talk about like the story is interesting and it's the only thing that kept me slightly invested, um, but it's not interesting enough. So yeah, it's a major disappointment for me. Like this game um, had so much potential and was so interesting and it was on game pass and it was leaving game passes. It, it, it is probably going to be gone by the time this comes up. Maybe not. Maybe it's only on for a few more days. It's like February 1st, I think is when it's gone. Um, and if it's still on, uh, don't play it. Just don't, <laughs> don't care. Don't play this game. I just don't recommend it at all in the slightest. Maybe watch someone play it. No, you know what? Don't even just don't play this game. This game is dumb. I don't like it. <laughs> What? Did you ever play the Valkyrie profile games? Because it, it mechanically seems like they took a lot of cues from that. So it's um it's an RPG series, Norse mythology, similar kind of setup in terms of 2D dungeons and then four characters on each face button combat. Mm-hmm. In fairness, they gave you an incentive to switch them up that's somewhat tied into the story. So you're constantly like losing and regaining characters. 
See, that would but, would have been interesting, right? Um, if you're given a reason to switch them up, I'd be into that. From what I've heard, those Valkyrie games are actually good. Um, and like this for me, I just, I'm not, I don't know. It's trying to be a lot of things, you know? Like playing it, I was like, you're trying to be like Golden Sun and like shit like this, where you're like, you're trying to like, you, do, but you know what I mean? Where it's like, you get to go into this adventure and like, like all of those RPGs where you get to go out into the world and go explore and you get your airship or whatever and you go to different places. Like it wants to be that, but I don't feel like it learned any of the lessons about what makes those games fun and makes those games interesting. Uh, and instead just tried to shoehorn it into the concept they had. I don't like it. Anyway. There, <laughs> really? there's, I haven't got that impression. Yeah, there's my Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield rant for, for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> for, for those the game that's going to receive my ire to be decided. Yeah, right. Um, so anyway, that's that's what I did. Uh, Paola, did you retire? You, you didn't retire anything this week, huh? I didn't. So why don't you... I've been uh, playing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Paul. No, I've I just been playing, the, uh, but I haven't retired anything. So, Rick, you seem to have retired a couple of games. Yeah. I, I think this speaks to our differences in approach, where me and Alex just try lots of shit and see what sticks, because you're quite <laughs> deliberate in what you pick and play. Which isn't a criticism, it's just an observation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've retired two games this week. Um and the first, actually, I, I can sort of empathise with what you're saying, Alex, about this game isn't going to get any different mm. if I keep on playing it. And that's Rabbids Go Home, which, to be clear, is a good game. Mm. Right? I, I didn't have any of the negative feelings that you clearly had with Indivisible. <laughs> it, it, if I'd come to it in, in maybe my early teens or, or when it actually came out, I think I would have probably played it the whole way through and had a blast with it. But once you've played a level, you've sort of played all of the levels. Gotcha. And they're, they're all fun, but it, I've got other things I want to be playing. So it's like, I feel like I've had that experience. I'm not wedded to the concept of seeing the ending. Also, it's a Rabbids game. They want to go to the moon. Like it, it's not a story that I'm especially invested <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other one is... Um, Shaman King Master of Spirits for the GBA. The pr- the first one, you're playing mm. number two. Yeah. Um, and it was you playing number two that compelled me to play number one. Uh, and I think I'll still eventually go and play number two because both from you and, and the general sort of online consensus, that is the much better game. Um, yeah. I had I had two core problems with the first one. Uh, those being that the actual moment-to-moment gameplay is paper-thin. Mm. And the second being that the map is fucking horrendous. So gotcha. I, I don't know if I don't know if they improve it in number two, but in number one at least, the way it works is that the map is a series of nodes. Yeah. And each node is a um like a, a Mario sort of 2D level. Mm-hmm. Linear, there's a start on the left and there's an end on the right. Mm-hmm. Now where that's different from Order of Ecclesia, and this maybe is just a matter of expectations on my part going in. In Order of Ecclesia, you have a hub area. And then you can jump to either side of any one of the nodes. Mm. What it feels like they've done with Shaman King, because you can't do that, and you're just sort of following them along, is they couldn't be asked to design a cohesive map, but they also wanted to be able to call it a Metroidvania. So instead of having a level-based structure, which I think would have suited the game a lot better, personally, they've, they've cobbled together this wanky map that's just like a pain to navigate. 
Um, I think they did fix that quite a bit in the second one. Cause like in the second one, yeah, you get a power part of the way through. So like basically at the time when they sort of expect you to start exploring, they give you a power where you can just skip right to the end of, uh, of a path you've already cleared. Um, Uh, yeah. So it like, they really, and like they have, they have tons of these like interesting bosses and stuff and, and they very much like, yeah, I think they must have learned lessons from the first. I can't talk specifically on the first because like I haven't played it, but it sounds to me like they maybe learned some lessons from that one. Albeit that that is a bit of a hacky workaround that doesn't really fix it, it just sort of mitigates it based on how you've described it. Well, it actually ties in kind of nicely to the to to the you'll see you'll see if you play <laughs> yeah I'll see eventually. Well, I, I will get around to it, and it, this is part of the reason as well that I didn't want to sort of persevere because the game isn't especially difficult or certainly what i played of it wasn't um but it's a it's a case of when number two is on my backlog when hollow knight's on my backlog when all these other yeah. same as when we talked about bloodstained a few weeks ago like being an okay metroidvania just isn't good enough yeah. because of the competition and because of the contemporaries um so yeah again it's not a terrible game it's just not an especially good one. It's not one that, that you can re- recommend over too many other great games in the genre. So, yeah, I would definitely say uh, like these are fun if you are like me and like you've played just through like every fucking Metroidvania and you're like, I just want more. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, I think I'd, I'd probably go and replay Symphony over playing this. Like if, if I'd already played all of the Vanias, I think I'd go and replay Symphony before or you know any of the eagers before i before i sort of persevered through this i'm just a weird i don't i don't love replaying lots of games you know i'm just like i've been here give me the new <laughs> anyway that's good to know though, about the first one yeah yeah well there you go mm-hmm. um why don't we move on to what we're playing and since uh we just talked a whole bunch paula do you want to tell yeah. us what you've been playing it is funny because like uh you, you just said that you're not like too into replaying games, but here I have like two games that are technically, three games that are technically replaced here. <laughs> I'm still slowly but surely making progress to Code Realize Tsuruga de no Kisuki, not too uh, much to say there. Um, I'm also playing Fire Emblem Child Dragon of the Blade of Light. Last night I finished. Uh, chapter 16 and here like I actually had my first need of a choice that uh, I had to choose between recruiting one or the other character so in Fire Emblem Child Dragon the Blade of Light you sometimes have like these villages like in the map and as long as uh, one of the enemies thieves doesn't get there first and pretty much destroy the village uh, you are sometimes able to get like money or an item or sometimes you can like recruit a character from there so you have like these two little villages side by side and they do not get along so you either uh, have um, what's his name uh, Aran or Samson and I choose Aran because of uh, the one item he was carrying that is like a rider's, yeah, a rider's slayer, I think it was. And that map, uh, especially, was like full of enemies that were like on horses, on horseback. 
So I am very glad I did that. Otherwise, I would have been screwed. <laughs> still, like, so far, uh, I'm still, like, quite satisfied with uh, how the game is playing out. Uh, I could have, like, I think I had, like, one gripe with the game that is, like, in this one chapter. I think it is chapter 15 or 14. No, it is chapter 15. Uh, where there's this character where that you cannot beat uh, and has like this spell that is um, it's the kind of spell that makes you go like okay I hope I have either like a character with enough defense to take this which I didn't or a character that was um, fast enough to evade most of the damage. So I kind of have like this play between like a couple of Pegasus Knights, um, no, a Pegasus Knight and a Cavalier that were like switching places, like trying to hold off this one mage because otherwise I would have been screwed. The mage eventually like goes away, but you have, you just have to pray that uh, he will go he will grow bored before any of your units die, which he usually does if you play your cards right. Uh, so yeah, that's that's it for him. Um, I've been also making progress on Hakuoki Ghetto Wings and Edo Blossoms. I'm kind of like on a Hakuoki Rampage. Uh, unlike some other Otome games that have been released, especially like during the last year, there isn't like a specific order you have to play the roads. Right. But it is advised that you play Hijikata's first because since it is a gameplay during the Bushing War, you see everything like from inside because Hijikata is like the the uh, the commander. Uh, you see everything from the inside of the Chinsengumi, like that side of the war. And then you can like go uh, these various other characters, some that are Chinsengumi, some that aren't. One in particular that is uh, a very interesting figure called uh, Sakamoto that... Uh, sorry if I derailed this a little bit, but uh, there was like an extra credit special where they did like an extra history um, series on the Bushing War especially, and it was quite entertaining and... They said, like, uh, you could tell who Sakamoto was because he wore, like, the whole samurai kind of outfit, except for the shoes, because he had Western shoes. He has uh, a, a supporter of, of the Westerners, like, um, trading on, uh, with the Japanese, pretty much. Okay. And you have, like, this one other route that is, like, from the side of the demons because, like, it is, like... Uh, I want to I say like a fantasy kind of twist on the Russian war. Right. Okay. Did of you think this is. was Sorry. genuinely? Yeah. Did you think... <laughs> I, I thought it was just a people versus people. <laughs> I didn't think there were demons involved as well. This is a I... second job, just keeping up with all of this. No one needs to write it all in a book, Bala. I mean, it's technically humans uh, against humans, and demons are just like taking their own along because reasons, but they okay. aren't usually allowed to intervene uh, on the human's affairs because mm -hmm. reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, so you kind of have like this 
outlook like from the outside on this route and you can see like uh the world like from another point of view and then you have like the one that is supposed to be like the last route you play or at least like what it is advice it is the one where the protagonist kind of like doesn't get too involved with any one of the characters and just like watches us everything unfolds before her and to be honest i don't quite remember that that last route so it's gonna be interesting to actually see it for myself right because you've um, played this before right like that's the- i played this before all the way back i think it was like in 2017 maybe 16 oh so maybe <laughs> Back in the before times when we could still go places. Uh, I mean, it is long enough and I play like enough visual novels and other kind of games to start seeing some faults with the, I don't want to say the narrative, but like with the overall translation, because like, Mm. um, as I say, I'm uh, trying to learn Japanese and I'm starting to catch some, I don't want to say mistakes, but Japanese sometimes is a little bit hard to properly translate to English because you can literally say like a grammatically complete sentence with just a verb and it makes total sense there. Fantastic. Uh, So there are times where I uh, listen to the dialogue and I kind of understand uh, what they're saying but the way of how it was translated I'm not quite sure who work on the PC port of Hakuoki, but sometimes the translation seems a little bit off in some mm-hmm. places. Sometimes I... they localize it based off a different script too. Like I've seen that happen before with Japanese games. So they're off sometimes they're given like a textual script and it's just like not the same as what ends up in the game. Yeah, it can it can happen occasionally. It okay. depends when they're made. <laughs> I doubt that happened. It here, is but... weird because I I am sorry. It is weird because I remember playing like the beta port. And I think at some points the beta the beta port has like a different way of saying things. Mm-hmm. So I feel like unless my memory is shit and they're like both the same script but in different format, uh, I feel like the beta port is like the better option uh, in terms of translation. Hmm. It's also on Vita, so it's the better option by default. <laughs> it is. Vita. <laughs> Apologies, Vita supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, that's that's how we can like. Oh yeah, and sometimes you start to notice like how some routes were like added later because I literally just played a route that had a like a little bit of overlap with one of the previous routes and like. Oh. Oh. But from like, what I remember, that is like probably the one. Uh, route that has like a lot of overlap with another one so hopefully i have like a different perspective on the on the next character that i play that i just remember is fucking snake (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay next game (laughs) (laughs) moving on (laughs) moving on (laughs) now we played another round of uh monster prom pvp with friends so, I finally got a date. Hey! Finally got a date. It is important because in this time around, Rick and was uh, Dragon or Ubek, one of them got a date. Both of them. The did. other one got a secret ending. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
oh, you three got the good date. One of you actually got a secret ending. I'm like, uh, I'm my own person at the party. Because this, is... this one character keeps following me around. And I went to the store and it was like, okay, I'm going to purchase this random item. Because you, you, you can buy a box that has a totally random item. And I got an item that gave me a lot of money, but murdered all of my stats. Literally made you anti-fun. Yeah, I, it literally made me anti-fun because I ended up with, like, minus one fun. Wow. <laughs> Basically, so pretty much, pretty much Paolo, I was going to fail Paolo any... To, right, I'm going to stop and I'm going to let you write. <laughs> my apologies. Go on. Uh, so basically, um, I was doomed, absolutely doomed to, uh, to, to, to try to get a date because like you kind of need stats to, <laughs> to woo the person you're trying to go to prom with. Makes sense. And my stats are other chat. Like my smarts went like from 11 to seven. And my fan just went to anti-fan immediately, so I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. And the worst thing that uh, I wasn't able like, to get an item, uh, an item that would like make another character like follow me instead of the crazy princess character, who I'm, I was to trying together. to get rid of her. I was trying to get rid of her. <laughs> so in the end, because like, nobody read what I did. Uh, she continued following me, and it was fun because, like, um, there was like this one. The first scene, it was this character and another character, and everyone was like, "Yeah, uh, the first choice sounds like it's gonna be like extra points, like from the other character. You're gonna get brownie points from that guy." And I everyone was wrong. that, and we were all wrong. <laughs> so, so after that, and it happened again later. Yes, it did. It happened twice. So it was like, okay, I'm gonna pretty much play Russian roulette with this gift box, and I ended up alone because of it. You just need to accept that you're destined to be, and the, the game's not gonna rest until she's with her. It, it's just the way it seems to be going. Uh, it seems to be going that way. I uh, sure. I'm gonna find a way to get a stupid ending with the eel, so I can kill the princess. Hmm. If you can even do that, I I would be so about it if you could. It's uh, that would be amazing. It's the writing. Uh, I think we said last week, like it's like Among Us in that you need to get a good group, but once you do, the writing just sails. It it sticks. The landing on almost every time. I mean, we were all laughing our heads off, like nice. the entirety of the run. <laughs> Well, it's I, a lot of fun. I feel like that's a good segue into what you've been playing, right, Rick? I mean, do you have anything else, Paula? But I think that was it, right? Uh, that was it for me. Nice. That's a great segue because you were playing that with her. So what have you been doing? I was. Um, so obviously I got a date in Monster Prom because the universe isn't trying to force me to be with the Mer Princess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> other than that, um, I'll start with the one that you really weren't sold on, Alex, which is Hades. So I've I've literally played a single run of the game so far. Um, I had a little bit of time last night and I started it. The fundamentals seem on point. Motion feels great. 
combat feels really good. Mm-hmm. I know I haven't even scratched the surface of the of the stuff that's available there, but it feels like exactly what I wanted it to be so far. Mm-hmm. So I'm very optimistically excited about that. Um, I've still been playing Curses and Chaos on Vita, which is a, a fun little pick-me-up game on that platform. The other game I've been picking up and putting down is a game called Sushi Striker Way of Sushido for the 3DS. Which is a weird game. So <laughs> it, It's a puzzler where it's like competitive sushi eating. So it the, the, the play surface is seven like sushi conveyor belts, three on each side and then a shared lane in the middle. And you have to draw lines between the plates to like make combos that you can then flick at the other person to take off their health. But you also have these sushi sprites that like activate special abilities and there's an RPG system behind it. And there's like this weirdly drawn anime about like the power of sushi. It is bonkers. It's what it is. And the, the, I can see myself ultimately not finishing this game because the, the core puzzle, like the, the actual, I want to call it combat because it's an RPG, but like the, the actual puzzle game of connecting and firing off sushi is good fun. But the stuff around it feels like guff. And I already have the sense that at some point it's going to expect me to grind. Yeah, and I think yeah. when it hits that point, I'm just going to be like, nah. Sort of I've had my fill thing. Because again, the, the, the core mechanical stuff is really good. It sounds I just like think they've, worse... they've tried to overplay the hand. Oh, sorry. sorry I was say, it sounds like a worse Battle Chef Brigade, which I don't know if you've played that one. That's on the Switch. I've heard of it. That's a good game. Um, that sounds similar to this with the RPG elements, but it's very good. Doesn't overstay its welcome either. Um, Although I thought Battle Chef Brigade, there was like a, an ingredient collection phase and then a cooking phase. Yeah, yeah, it, it's different. I'm not saying it's the same. I just mean like it sounds to me like this is maybe what maybe Battle Chef Brigade is what this game wants to be in its best. Maybe, you know maybe I, mean? I don't know. Um, it's uh, it's fine for now. It, it, it's nice, sort of again popping open. Playing a couple of battles and then and then putting down again, which is which is all I really need from it. Um, I've played a little bit of Soul Silver. I think I'm I'm probably going to have to set aside a weekend just to get back into it because the problem is I, I played three badges worth and then set it down. Hmm. I vaguely remember what my party is. I don't remember where I'm at. I don't remember where I'm headed. I don't really have any plan for what I'm doing with it. So I need to I need to set some time aside to pick that properly up. I think. Um, I've been playing a bit more cyberpunk since the patch came out. It's still great. I'm still having a good time with it somehow. Um, can't say I've really noticed any difference from the 1.1. I think maybe I'm getting a couple of extra frames, maybe when I'm driving. And I think, I don't remember it being there before, but I think there's a take all button now, which is a nice QOL thing. Oh, nice. Um, feels like it should have been there from the start now that I have it, but... We I take just, what we get, I suppose. Like I know this isn't part of it, but <laughs> the fact that this patch introduced a new game-breaking new bug, bug is the yeah. fucking funniest goddamn thing I've ever. Re- I was like, yeah. this game should have never released. <laughs> like I was like, this <laughs> should have been out in two more Alex, years. 
they they put their best efforts in, but the the, the QA testers didn't pick up that <laughs> yeah. game breaking. Oh uh, yeah, fuck that dude, man! Uh, like, throwing the QA testers under the rug. They're like, dude, we saw all these problems. <laughs> I I like think both. The, I think both the the oh, they're throwing the QA testers under the bug thing is an unfair reading of what they said. At the same time, I don't think anybody believes that they didn't find those bugs. What I really should have said is our QA team didn't make the reports short enough for us to read. And thus, I didn't know about all these problems. <laughs> I was the guy, um, was it like last week um, where CD Projekt read like each of like these of all you were in Twitter yeah. and then they laid out like these, like the roadmap for like the updates and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And the first update after that is like we got rid of these game breaking back, but now you have another problem. So I'm like, one. yeah, you know, you can't, you don't win when you apologize, right? Online, there's yeah. no way to win. Uh, in fact, most of the time, there's I think no it's a useless endeavor. Um, uh, I'm like, because uh, like honestly, there's just no way to succeed in doing that because it will always fall short because you fucked up initially, right? Like, uh, at least when I talk about public apologies, apologizing to someone is wonderful, but a public apologies are just kind of always a failure. Um, so like, I appreciate on one level that they do this, but I'm also just like, dude, but it doesn't matter, man. You well, fucked up. Just, just release the good stuff at this point. <laughs> it, it's contextual because obviously any apology having released it is, sort of sorry you feel that way sort of thing (laughs) there's no sincerity to it um but i I do i think agree with you and it probably probably speaks a lot to to how well the the hello games people dealt with it with no man's sky where they just noped off the internet for like four months and and went and fixed the game and then they're like hey we're back good now (laughs) honestly cyberpunk Cyberpunk's still good like i'm I'm enjoying it. It feels like a nine out of 10 to me. And I understand that I have blessed hardware and, and somehow like mm. I've had the experience that it was probably as good as an experience as you can expect on a console from 2013. Yeah. Um, for, for a game that was targeting graphics cards that literally just came out and 99% of people can't buy for love and the money. Yeah. Um, so I've been playing more of that. I've been enjoying more of that. What else haven't I touched on? The only one I haven't mentioned, and I think I'll have finished this by next week, is Ratchet and Clank Tools of Destruction for the PS3. And oh my god, I can't believe I slept on this game for so long. Hmm. It is wonderful. It's more Ratchet and Clank. So I think when I spoke about this a week or two ago, I was a little bit um, skeptical. And, and for want of a better term, the opening of the game feels very uncharted okay. It's all sort of cinematic, a little bit on railsy. Um, much more linear than I mean they're they're linear games, but they're linear with the option to go back and revisit pre- previous planets with off the beaten path stuff with like random golden bolts that you can go and find. Um and and after the opening couple of hours, Tools of Destruction opens up into that. Hmm. And once it does that, off to the races, does everything that the original Ratchet and Clank trilogy did for me. The humor is still there. The weapons are still there. Mechanically, it's all still there. The story's not like war and peace, but it's it's off the wall and engaging enough as is. Man, I, um, go on. I was going to say, I got to say, like Sony did the best thing they ever could when they fucking bought up Insomniac. I'm just like thinking about it right now. And it's like, yo, this company has released 
so many of their Bangers. best games. <laughs> like, Bangers. yeah, right? Uh, weren't they behind? Um, and Rift Apart. Sorry, go on. Yeah, well, I know, right? Like they had Spider Man, and then Rift Apart's coming out, and you're just like, "Damn, dude!" Like, I mean, I guess they fumbled a little. They did the Resistance <laughs> series, which is like, you know, we don't talk about Resistance. Resistance is fine, but it's, it's just, that's all. It's just fine. But the Ratchet and Clank, like, even their last Ratchet and Clank game was like was excellent. Like, I loved that game. It got me into Ratchet and Clank. I had never played Ratchet and Clank before. Um, Tangent: I was not sold on Ratchet 2016. No, and and some of it's maybe just going to be the fact that I grew up playing the original and had replayed the original quite recently. But the the 2016 version they did, you can tell was hamstrung by the fact that it had to map to the movie, which by all accounts wasn't a great movie. Um, Had a few sort of big name actors who phoned it in. It never have I played a game that looked more beautiful and felt more lifeless. It, it it just was really weird. Like it, it was like a husk of a of a game I had so much passion for, just dead behind the eyes. And it, okay. it, it's not that it even wasn't fun to play; it just didn't feel right. Um, so I hope they knock out of the park with Rift Apart. Okay. And hot take: I I haven't played two or three yet, but I played the PSP one, the Vita one, and the original Resistance. They're all great. <laughs> it's not they're just fine. Like they're good games. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm also right, not a huge guy. FPS. I'm How not a huge FPS. Playing, <laughs> I just went to my neutral ground and say I haven't played any Ratchet Clank. So, mm-hmm. oh well, there you go. Listen, you're you're excused until you finish Thirteen Sentinels. Then you can <laughs> think about Ratchet Clank. Um, oh no, I've not this again. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I haven't um I haven't retired or anything, but I've just sort of parked Bloodstained and Kadugo for for a minute because I'm playing other games on like handhelds in my Xbox. Um, but I'm intending to finish those. Uh, I started playing Immortals: Phoenix Rising, which is still the stupidest name in the world. Um, for that freaking game, it's so dumb. I mean, the main character's name is Phoenix. Still, it's dumb. It's very dumb. Why they I love the way? fact that Monster Energy Drink was suing them over the name Gods and Monsters. Oh, yeah. They should have just taken it, right? And been like, whatever, Gods and Monsters. You can't... Fuck it. It's a video game, not a drink. Anyway, uh, yeah. So... There might be confusion with our brand, man. And I'm like, no one will be confused. Um, <laughs> like, also, the people who are buying this game are not buying your energy drink, probably. Like, I'm just being like, this is sort of not really aimed at, like, the, like, gamer, like, uh, like monster energy drink gamers, you know? They're not playing Immortals Phoenix Rising, all right? Like, <laughs> um, you imagine you went for a video game, you came back with a four-pack. Like, I, thought, I tried putting it into my Xbox and it broke. You wanted the monster, didn't you, dear? Yeah, right. Here you go. I know. Just, oh, my God. Anyway, um, just corporate bullshit corporate bullshit which look this is a ubisoft game so this is already corporate bullshit but regardless um it's made by ubisoft quebec which is sort of neat like as someone in canada i'm like it's kind of cool when i play a game then i'm like oh it's made where i'm from um and so like that's always sort of fun um it's good it it, it is a solid like it's a good game um it did give me warm fuzzy feelings because like if it it feels like playing a game from the GameCube era and, and not in a bad way, not as in like it's dated or something. It's just like the feel oh, no of it. it. What? No? So what? Cause no one bought it. Cause no one bought it. Oh, that's fine. Actually, it seems like people oh. are buying it quite a bit right now. I, it's had quite a resurgence. Like I'm seeing it on like Twitch and all this, all this and like it's been on sale and stuff. And so like, I think it, 
I think it's doing better than one might expect, especially I don't think they spent much on this game um, in terms of a Ubisoft game. So I think that like they released a full price and then I don't think they mind putting it on sale because look, Ubisoft sales their games so much. Like they just like drop them in half and they're like, go to town. It probably is selling about as much as Legion is, I would imagine. Anyway, whatever. I don't care about sales. But uh, the game itself is it... (laughs) It's Breath of the Wild. Um, like I know we talked about game clothes before. This it, it is Breath of the Wild. Um, like it honestly, but but it's kind of funny because it's like look. Let's be honest. Breath of the Wild took Ubisoft's ideas um, from the Assassin's Creed games and sort of changed them, right? Like it because it went and it took the towers and stuff and the open world design that Ubisoft had kind of like perfected in the last while. And so it's almost like Ubisoft's like taking those ideas and they're like back home in a way. <laughs> like it's kind of weird. Like it feels like full circle in some ways where it's like now they're like, oh, well, why don't we put in some of the Assassin's Creed gameplay, which I will say there's no breakable weapons in this, which I'm like, thank you. That was the stupidest part of Breath of the Wild. Um, and like there's a little bit, l- well, actually, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a little bit less creativity in the sense that in Breath of the Wild, like there's more systems that I think interact with each other. So it has more of that. Um, but it's just kind of a fun game. It's it's pretty funny, actually. Um, it's definitely funny in the sense of like, there's a lot of jokes that you're like, <laughs> okay, this is like PG enough for kids to play. But like the, like if you're an adult playing it, you're like, I know what you're talking about. Because it's like big myths. <laughs> so like, they do have a joke about how Aphrodite was born and like <laughs> that legend is like that the you know the pearl dropped in the ocean and yeah <laughs> so there's narrators who are like talking over as you're playing and he was like Zeus that wasn't a pearl man and he's like no it was a pearl and he's like come here come here and like you hear him like going whisper whisper and then he's like what and like it's just like it's very good and like just kind of funny because like if, if a kid were to play it they wouldn't know what they're talking about but as an adult you're like <laughs> balls yeah. um, so it's just like pretty funny right where you're like I get it. Yeah, so it's. I, I was thinking you get it like, when you're older, human. Like yes, it. it's a lot of that. Um, was that? I was thinking like, um, like the guts, like constantly like talking over the gameplay. I get. I'm like, it reminds me a little bit of Kid Icarus Uprising, which I oh. haven't finished. But great game, though. Great game. It's a great game. Mm-hmm. I owe it to the game to finish it at some point. <laughs> But mm. you still have like this dynamic of um, the the characters, either like Beat and Palutena or other characters introduced later in the game, like talking over whatever the fuck you're doing. And um, in that sense, uh, they go to town and back with the puns. Oh yeah, there's a lot of that in this game because like Zeus and Prometheus are talking because like Prometheus is telling your story basically, um, and it's pretty great. Like there's one point literally where. <laughs> this is like slight spoiler for like the first t- 20 minutes of the game again but you you enter like these like pits of tartarus right which are like the shrines um and you jump into them and at one point she like jumps in and zeus is like oh and there ends the story of phoenix and he starts like playing the credits and it's like game by zeus made by zeus world by zeus and like all these sort of things and he's like oh so sad she did <laughs> it's like and for me he's just like no dude what no no get, stop it and, like goes in like there's all these like little meta things that they do and i'm like part of me is like this is sort of lame but it's also like very funny um so yeah i really appreciate it it's like i think it's like I kind of like it more than Assassin's Creed Odyssey in some ways because it's like just sort of goofier and 
the reality is that the combat can get a little bit like eventually you're like all right sort of just like smack 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 the swords but they do introduce these like new mechanics and stuff that are just sort of fun so yeah i'm really i'm really enjoying it right now it's 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 very cool the world's gorgeous uh zero loading times on uh the xbox series x it's just like boom i'm in every second so really nice i hope for a game that runs on switch yeah right you would hope um although i'm sure the loading times on switch are a pain in the dick um so oh i tried to think yeah Um, i hear that it actually runs like quite well it doesn't have like the same draw distance and stuff but it it runs pretty decently i would imagine i mean look if it's a breath of the wild clone you would hope it works on the friggin' switch um if breath of the wild worked this better um but let's be honest ubisoft's been pretty good at making stuff work on the switch so um still playing ring fit adventure Still love it. Still great. Um, Shaman King Master Spirits 2, I've gotten further into the game. It's opening up more and introducing some neat power-ups for traversal. This is the thing that I mentioned actually earlier. So there's a wall jump mechanic, and I, I, I can't honestly fault the game for this because this was how all games were doing wall jump mechanics at the time and also how Castlevania games were doing it. But, like, the wall jump is finicky as shit. It's like... When you jump, you sort of have to like hold the directional button to like get a grip on the wall, but then you also which way are you going? Yeah, yeah. Then you also kind of have to like immediately switch and press it at the right time. But then if you don't do it, you're gonna anyway. It you eventually get the hang of it, but you're like, oh, we've come a long way since this point, right? And so you just have to get good at it. Get get good. Yeah. Hey, I I got very good at it by the end of it, but I'm also <laughs> glad that I'm playing with save states because some of these bosses are like no fucking joke. They're hard as shit. Like I was like, holy, okay. fuck. I was like, oh fuck, shit, shit, shit. And I'm like, I had to like save state a couple of them because I was like, oh <laughs> damn, that fucking shit was hard. Um, and they introduced some really cool mechanics. At one point, I was like falling down this like endless like cliff, and there's like two bosses coming at me, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. And like it was, it's pretty cool. Um. So, so anyway, that was a whole lot. We, we talked for ages about all our games. So why don't we move into our topic for the week, which is kind of a, uh, a, a part de, one might say, um, of what is a game considered new. And I, we're going to, I think, go through a couple categories this time of some things that Paola has identified as um, different concepts for new. We're going to really shake up the whole idea of new why don't we start with the first one that's written here? Uh, games getting a new life on a more popular system, which I just wrote all of the Wii U games. <laughs> well, <laughs> I haven't read this before. That's great. That's what Alex. Right, but like, this actually ties in because Pikmin Three was the largest um, Pikmin series launch on the Switch um, this this year. So not on the Wii U, Pikmin 3 on the Switch was the largest launch for the Pikmin series. So like, <laughs> genuinely that game got an entirely new life and might as well be a new game on the Switch because like, no one played it. Can we recognize though that if it's like a port to a system that people are actually <laughs> buying, that's a port, that's not a new game. Like, oh, 100%. That, that's inherent in the process. Right, okay. So, oh, no, no, no. I, I'm totally on with you, but I do think it's funny that <laughs> yeah. like, it kind of like it really gives it new new life in a lot of ways, right? I'd also sort of argue that maybe games like GTA Five, which like obviously still had a strong life on the old consoles, but like when it came onto the new ones, its online system and like game got like so huge. It was already big, but it just got even bigger. Um, yeah, I mean they are arguably their own beast. The online yeah. components, I see what you're saying, to the point that they're they're selling the RDR two online. Mm-hmm. Um, for a fiver, which is hilarious to me that they're, they're selling the online that they then want to sell ye oldie shark cards to you through. <laughs> it's like, if, you, if you're going to do it that way, just let me play online for free. Like, 
fuck charging me a fiver to try and sell me more. Not right. not that I'm even the target audience, but you know. Yeah. Um, Paolo and I were actually talking yeah. about this too, though, that like sometimes it's hard to even know if a game is receiving new life on a more popular system when you haven't played it on the older one. You know what I mean? Like there are tons of games that you end yeah. up playing and then you find out, like I find out years later, like, oh, for instance, fucking Super Mario Bros. Uh, from the NES mario brothers deluxe on the game boy color i thought that was a new game right like as a kid i didn't know that was the nintendo entertainment system i think i only clocked that that is a thing maybe like a couple years ago could have only been this year that that actually clicked into my brain that that was the nintendo entertainment system version i didn't know i just thought it was a game boy mario game you know oh bless you oh my god amazing I was thinking, like, uh, I think I forgot um, last week after the recording that I said, like, Pia um, Fiori, like, the, one of the Otome games that I played last week. I didn't know it originally released for the Vita. Well, in part because it only released on Japan. Mm-hmm. And as much as the Vita, it is super popular in Japan. For, from what I can tell, it didn't seem that it got on too much on the Vita. Uh, but then it came out on Switch, and I swear uh, every other time I open Twitter, there's like new fan art or some new comment about the game from one of the fans. Which I'm totally okay with. Uh, I was thinking like um, there's this one RPG that is it was supposed to be like a crossover between Fire Emblem and Chimami Tensei. That is talking about sessions, Sharp FE. Yes, yeah, hashtag FE. Mm. Which yeah. basically wasn't either franchise in the end, it just was like it ended a JRPG. <laughs> which I'm totally okay with because, like, from what I played uh, in the Wii U and on the Switch, I haven't finished the game on either platform <laughs> because, of course, I haven't. <laughs> um, Hakuoki's not going to replay itself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's not gonna replay it itself. God realizes I'm gonna replay itself. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but the game, like, um, there were like people that uh, love RPG, like in my circle of friends, but they didn't own a Wii U. And they, uh, one of my friends played um, Document Art Sessions on the on the Switch, and he was like, "Where has this game been all my life?" Because he really loved it mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. like in because it is uh Tokyo sessions sharp fe encore because it has like an extra chapter or something and it also has like all the dlc that came like in the first game uh but instead of giving it to you like right away you do like these little extra dungeons that Actually, like you actually had to do like little extra dungeons, but there were like different dungeons in the in the first game to to get that stuff. Oh, if, if a game is new to you, that doesn't really make it a new <laughs> game per se. Yeah, it is not really a new game, but it is. It depends on your definition know, of new. Really, <laughs> it depends on your definition because I think like um, I wrote like a little bit like. Uh, in another point, like what happens if a game wasn't on your target language or it is new for the West, for example? Hmm. Obviously, 
new to you doesn't mean new. What do you mean by the whole... So the, the next point you've got is re-releases that mix and match content from previous releases. What do you mean by that? Do you have like a specific thing in mind? I'm not sure I... Yeah, I have like uh, a couple of things in mind when I uh, wrote that one. It's like, and you know, if I go down to the next page, I start yeah. to see them. That's entirely <laughs> my fault. Sorry, yeah. crack on. Yeah, so one of the examples I was thinking of was Dragon Quest XI S uh, that had contents from the PS4 and 3DS releases. 3DS uh, releases. Yeah, there was a release on Japan on the 3DS for yes. of Dragon Quest yeah. XI. Yeah. Totally different graphical oh style, God. everything. Yeah. And it So they actually like uh 11S has like this mode where you can play Dragon Quest 11 but with the old school graphics and that is from the 3DS version of the game that you can switch back and forth between them. And I think there was like mm-hmm. something in the PS4 version that wasn't the 3DS. I might be wrong, but uh I might be wrong, but the Dragon Quest 11S version has everything from the PS4 version plus everything from the 3DS version. So um, it it is like a this hybrid game that is technically is technically a game that released, but it has, I guess, hybrid stuff like mm-hmm. the same with Hardware Definitive Edition that on the 3DS it had like a side story with Linkle. The link like character that Female was a girl. Link, yeah. Female link character. And that wasn't like in the original release. And in the definitive edition, it has like the original the original game plus Linkle story plus all the DLC plus more shit. I because think that, that's, the, long enough. <laughs> that's the key though. It's a definitive edition, it's like a director's cut. It's yeah. not a new game. It's it's a this mm. is the game in its best form, rather than being something that that's new. That that's my take on it anyway. That's true. Like it isn't technically It isn't a, a new game. Like I was just about to go. Story. Sorry, I was just about to go. So isn't Persona Five Royal a definitive edition? I don't actually want to drink this up again. I know you I won't drink it back up. But sorry, I just couldn't help it. I'm like that felt like it was perfect. <laughs> actually, this does segue a little bit into. Because I, I think maybe Royal is a little bit more like, and like talking about these definitive editions, because I, I was thinking to myself, and I don't know how this didn't come up last time, but like Pokemon Yellow and like Emerald and Crystal and like, you know, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon and these things. And like, I've never really known how to classify these games, right? Because they often do that thing where it's like, they, they take elements from, and I think it's especially noticeable in Yellow and Crystal, uh, maybe, maybe Emerald too, I don't know, maybe all of them, but... I found that at least yellow really does play like a new experience in the sense that like there are like more animations for um, for the sprites and like like you know you've got like Pikachu behind you the story is slightly different I mean the way you get creatures is different like it, it is genuinely kind of like a different experience um, and same with Crystal I mean I had Crystal growing up and Crystal was just like a whole other thing like that game is like vastly improved over uh, gold and silver. Um, and the fact that Heart Gold and Soul Silver takes a lot of the improvements that Crystal did, um, and, and and like implements them, um, but I always wonder because like I feel like 
I feel like the differences were more pronounced earlier on when they were releasing these and that like as they've moved on like I remember buying Ultra Sun and I was playing it I was like this is the f- same fucking game I was like I don't what what the heck is different in this game you know like I was just like it's the same thing um and so now I know we talked about how angry we were about <laughs> Sword and Shield but I kind of glad they did DLC instead of releasing like a new game yeah, yeah. you know cuz I'm sort of like yeah. I mean, yeah, it, I guess, like, DLC could technically be better than releasing a new game, but uh, from, for example, there are people that wait until the third version of the of the, of the the thing is released to play. Mm-hmm. So unless you release, like, uh, uh, like, the game with the DLC, but at a lower price, it is still, like... It is a, a higher price you need to pay up front if you want like the full experience. Mm-hmm. But I th- and, oh, yeah. yeah, but in the case of Sorry too, like okay, it 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 has DLC, it doesn't have a third version, but mm-hmm. arguably Third until is like the one game that I feel that needed like an actual third version <laughs> that fixes all this stuff with the game and actually makes a decent fucking game. Yeah. I just think, man, I think the Pokemon team is burnt out hard. Um, I think so too, because like, what happens with uh, with the Pokemon team, the Game Freak is the one that does like the the main releases of the games. And I was actually like, uh, seeing like a couple of uh, people talk about this, that most companies has like this one big series and these other big series, and they usually have like many successful series if they are like a competent studio mm-hmm. but what happens in the case of game freak is that they have pokemon and then they have like uh, each time they do something that's not pokemon it falls flat like uh, what happened with a uh, little town hero yeah, that people keep forgetting that that game released. <laughs> I just also think nobody Literally forgives. Never. Yeah, I don't think anyone forgives Game Freak's shit game design when it's not Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> like that's probably too harsh, but you know what I mean. Like straight up, like you're saying, it's like when Game Freak releases a game that's not Pokemon, people are like, "I don't have an emotional attachment to this. I don't like it." <laughs> <laughs> Sad drill dozer noises. Yeah, though that was a good like... game. Yeah, that was a good game. But then there was that Tembo the Badass Elephant or whatever it was yep. that literally nobody played. Yeah, that was through Sega. Um, yeah, of all people. Um, so, and then this this gets compounded just skipping slightly further ahead in the notes. Like you say, it, it's one thing, the third version, but then when you take like the fourth and fifth version, so your Heart Gold, Soul Silvers, or your Fire Reds, Leaf Greens, mm-hmm. how do you square those? And I feel like, those ones when you compound that it's a graphical overhaul because it's a it's a, a couple of generations ahead i'm inclined to think that that does nudge you over the line of feeling new particularly with heart gold and soul silver because as dumb a gadget as it is the poker walk is just fun <laughs> and it is it, it's a whole thing that there's just no parallel with any of the the first three versions of that game honestly and it is no, no. functionality that, that isn't there not only that, but uh, especially like in the cases of Pokemon that gets like the remix from the old games to the newer games, 
not only it feels new because of the graphical overhaul, it also feels newer because of the extra mechanics that are attached to the game. Because like in the first games, uh, you only have like certain amount of stats, and for example, like uh, Psychic was utterly broken because um, all the ghost types were weak to Psychic, and because of some programming error, like Psychic was actually like immune to ghosts. And also, like, like later down the line, there was like the special split where you have like special attack and special defense, mm-hmm. and they added on like um, for Gen Three, they added like the hell items that technically you don't really need to use like on the on the main game. But when abilities were added, then then it started feeling like very very different because. Now you have like uh, more options to customize your team and some Pokemon that weren't really viable like on the earlier games, even like to use on a team, uh, suddenly became like full powerhouses uh, in the later games. And that may have like more to do like with the competitive scene. Hmm. Uh, and to be fair, I've been I, I I used to be like in the competitive scene up until uh, the sixth generation of Pokemon. Uh, so I tend to notice this kind of uh, differences more. Yeah. And to be fair, I am a firm Flareon follower. I love Flareon, but Flareon is shed on the first game, so you can't really use it be, uh, without getting murdered. Sorry, like what you're describing too to me, it, like it feels a bit like a philosophy, like in terms of of remaking games, right? Because really, it, it often comes down to this, right? Like we're we're talking a lot about remakes and like the remasters discussion um, when it comes to newness, and it's interesting because I just saw like in the news about Resident Evil Four because it's being remade, um, and mm. apparently Capcom actually came in. They kind of and the company, like the team that they had, they doing yeah, it. yeah, they they the reports are saying that they've come in to take over development um, because the team was trying to make it too faithful to Resident Evil 4, the original. Um, Which, I mean, some people are probably like, no, what? Gimme, gimme. But like, I think even from what you're saying, it, it sounds to us like, I actually kind of love when a company tries to really change up an old property because as much as sometimes I think like, oh, I just want to play a game with today's systems. Um, fundamentally, an old game can't you can't just slap today's systems on an old game, right? Like you couldn't just take Resident Evil Two and just be like, well, now you could just do it in third person uh, without fixed cameras, and it's fine. No, they actually like had to really fundamentally remake the game um, in order for that to work. So yes, it still feels like that game you remember, but it's fundamentally different. And like, and fundamentally new, arguably, even though yes. it's the same story. Exactly, and this, this is probably a, a nice segue that you've just given us to talk about those games where they've made them again. Because when when I was reading that article um, mm-hmm. about the the stuff with the Resi development, mm-hmm. uh, one that game's on every system. Yeah, like if you want to play the original, you can play the original. There's no reason not to to strike out and have a crack at something mm-hmm. a little bit more different with that story and that everything else. Um, how this both makes me feel old and is a stupid throwback. There was a port of Resident Evil 4 on the original iPod Touches. Yes. Back in 07, 08, 09. And it's dog shit, but I played it there. Yeah. 
that's another Resident Evil game I played a bit of. There you go. Um, but it also made me think of a Final Fantasy VII remake, which, mm-hmm. to be fair, pal, you've also put in the notes. And it's called remake, but it's basically a new game. Yeah. It, even yeah. down to the story, and I don't know the specifics. I know they've changed something. It's also like they've taken the first eight hours of that thirty-hour RPG and blown them out, filled them out, given more to best girl Jessie, like completely redone the combat. So I'll I'll just caveat. I've beaten Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, I've never no spoilers, please. No, I'm not going to spoilers. Please. I've never beaten Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Final Me Fantasy either. VII remake is fucking nuts. <laughs> like I I <laughs> look. My my partner laughed so hard when she watched me play this game because it's like hardcore anime girl stuff where like constantly no okay. one can see this because it's video but they're just always moving they're like oh hi who hey cloud and you're like stop moving so much stop moving so much like it's just insane like no one stands still in this game um but I, I will say they did change a lot of stuff for sure and a lot of it doesn't work but i also think i highly appreciate them doing this over just like giving us a reskinned version you know like um because it's it's also artistic it's like allowing yourself to revisit something um there are significant changes in it like significant even for someone who hasn't really played final fantasy 7 i went and looked it up after and i was like oh damn that's very different um so if you have played final fantasy 7 and you go to play this game you'll be like yep like almost right away you're like this is new um so yeah i don't know I love that shit. I mean, Sao Paulo too. You talked about Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu, and Eevee. Um, man, little story. I got oh sorry, yeah. I got Let's Go Pikachu when I was in Mexico. It was like we were heading back, um, and like I downloaded it because I was so excited to play it. Um, so like I'm on an airplane playing Let's Go Pikachu. <laughs> I love that game. I'm so nostalgia blind. <laughs> so is that like? the first two games is that like no no it's the red first and game. blue oh 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 so, yes yes you know, like, uh, let's go pikachu and eevee it's actually takes place uh that, this is a part that i don't really get because it's supposed to take place after uh the originals after red and green complete their journey because from uh, because you don't play as either red or green you play as either the the boy or the girl and you get the rival as the other one Right. Oh. But I, I try my best like not to like dig too deep into stuff. But it seems like a lot of the trainers are like the same. Oh, it's all—it's just yellow. But, <laughs> but specifically, it, it, it's, 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 it's that with the one-five one Pokedex. Yes, yes, yes. I this is the only game that right. I fully completed the Pokedex for, and I got the certificate, okay. and I was very proud of myself. <laughs> Um, but yeah I mean it has a fundamental system change right I mean it's fundamentally different because it has the the anyway I I think we're getting a little run up on here but this is a topic that I feel like we'd go on for ages on Um, ever and ever we might we might next time talk a little bit about localization fun times um, because I have a fun story about that too that we'd like to go into and I'm sure Paolo could uh, enlighten us on money from many things um so stay tuned for that so stay tuned for <laughs> yeah. part three eventually maybe yeah um shall we move on to our favorite game how, how long to beat, beat the, the game, game. <laughs> that's the worst I one we've ever done that is the worst one it's not bad on my end. not bad <laughs> i blame myself for not doing it in the intro like i normally do anyway um <laughs> all right paolo what are we what are we doing today what do we got Give me a second. 
one. <laughs> Dad joke <Damn> supreme. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. I mean, Rick can't be um, really too bad if he can pull. Hey, hey, I'm ill. Don't be mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick. Uh, <laughs> okay, I think I got it. All right. Let's go to our game of the week. That is Nuke Dukem 3D. Oh. Do you mean Duke Nukem or is there like a parody called Nuke Dukem? No, it's Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem, okay. It is just my thought of the title because I... If... If it if it were like because like there's like one YouTuber that always talk about this game, I wouldn't yeah. even know it exists. Uh, God damn it, Duke Nukem 3D. Okay, um, this is that. I remember, we're we're all typing and entering as as before. Yeah. So. The, oh right. This is from what I remember. Like this was the one that was made. Is this the 1996 one? Yeah. Build engine. Yeah. Oh god dang it. Um shit man, I really don't know. I haven't got the first clue, but I'm gonna make a um, educated guess. Okay, so we're all ready to go, shall we? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh I feel like Interesting. So I put main six things? hours, main plus nine hours. Paula Main three hours, main plus five hours. I think you're honestly probably on the money there. And Rick is main six hours, main plus seven hours, and 100% nine hours. Here's where I'm at, though. I'm playing the big brain because five. Paula's got three hours of leeway. Yes, five hours of leeway. There's no way it's shorter than an hour. So main six hours, mm. it can be one to, to 11, and I'm I'm happy as Larry. We'll the see. only problem is those build engine games have a lot of guff in them, so I'm, yep. I'm worried that the 100% might fuck me. What do we got, Paula? <laughs> Maybe you were a little bit too greedy there, Rick. <laughs> no, don't do that. No, don't do that. No. Okay. <laughs> Let's reveal the time soon for the audience. Okay. Breathe. Okay, go on. Uh, okay, so main story. Mm-hmm. I'm already out. In nine and a half hours, oh. you two are out too. No, uh, Rick's still in. Yeah. Uh, no, because nine and a half. Yeah, but Rick hours. has five For hour me, leeway. I've got five hour leeway. Right. You are absolutely right. I'm, I'm already. What's the main plus though? If if main's nine and a half, I'm fucked. For main plus. It is eleven hours. I mean, still, what's one percent? Completion is it is. 20, okay, no, it's twelve hours, twelve and a half hours. Ah. <laughs> oh. Rick is ahead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> by half an hour. By half a goddamn hour. Ah, I gotta start Big doing half hours. Brain. <laughs> yeah. Big brain. All right, so that means the standings now are Rick with 20 points, Alex with 15, and Paola with 10. Oh. Taking the outright lead for the first time. There we go. Damn, good job. All right, that's everything for uh, How Long to Beat podcast this week. Next week, we have a guest. Tune in for that. Oh, pretty exciting. Sure hope that works out yeah. or else this is awkward. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh.